0: What would your Christmas be like if you loved everyone with the love of Christ? Welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 113. Today we're talking about spiritual giving at Christmas. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful you're here listening today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Last week... I got an email from one of my listeners that inspired this week's episode about spiritual giving at Christmas. Here's the email I got. Dear James, I listen to you every week and love all you have to say. I have been struggling with Christmas coming up and how I will afford it all. Last night, I had a deep prompt to trust in all I have that it will be enough and absolutely not to borrow any money. In my mind, I remembered the loaves and fishes and the water into wine. This morning, I got up and read the gospel, and it was all about the loaves and fishes. I feel reassured, but still scared. James, I wondered if you could talk about all of this. I'm sure there are many like me who this would help. So. This week, we're going to talk about the true spirit of giving, especially as it relates to Christmas. The human heart is simply crying out for love. God is giving us all the love we need through the presence of Christ. Isn't that enough? Why do we sometimes feel we need to give and receive more material things, and that these things will somehow make us happy and satisfy our deep inner yearnings. When we fall for all those material trappings, we risk ignoring God's incredible gift to us, the birth of Jesus, and the appearing of Christ today in our lives. And sometimes, even when we don't feel the need for all these material things ourselves, the people we know do, And we feel pressured to give the way others do. Is this how God wanted us to celebrate Christmas when he had his angel announce to the shepherds outside of Bethlehem? This is in Luke 2, verses 10 and 11. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I think it's time for us all to take a step back from the commercialism that has tried to smother the true meaning of Christmas and focus instead on and receive the greatest gift of all time, the birth of Jesus. Instead of just going along with people who focus on giving and wanting to get a bunch of material gifts, we can set the example of a more spiritual approach to giving. The first step in getting a better sense of what Christmas giving is all about is to quit focusing on the material circumstances you find yourself in, whether you feel a sense of material prosperity or a sense of lack. Jesus said emphatically that we should first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then God would give us all we need. And that's the next step to search for the kingdom of God. But what does that even mean? To someone focused on accumulating lots of material things, searching for the things of the Spirit doesn't even make sense. So, how do we seek the kingdom of God? Well, We can look for every tiny example of God being in charge of the universe. What about when you see unselfish love among friends, a stranger helping you, every time you genuinely forgive someone or someone forgives you? These are moments where the kingdom of God is appearing in our lives. Maybe it's just a glorious sunset or Birds singing in the morning. There is so much of the kingdom of God all around us. We just need to open our eyes to see it. No amount of money can buy the kingdom of God. No Christmas present, however expensive or exquisite, can satisfy someone like experiencing a taste of the kingdom of heaven will. So, does that mean we don't ever give presents to our friends and family at Christmas time? Well, it might, but not necessarily. That's something everyone involved needs to talk about together to find out what works best. And things can evolve over time the way we give presents. Okay, so what if you don't want to participate in all that expensive, needless gift giving, but you still want to exchange gifts? It's always appropriate to do what God directs you to do, to express love to your friends and family, and giving gifts at Christmas time can often be an expression of that love. If you have a right desire to give gifts at Christmas and don't feel you can afford everything you want to give or do, or maybe you don't even have sufficient funds to buy enough groceries to get through the holidays, there is always a spiritual solution. People often refer to the magi who brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh to baby Jesus as a reason to exchange expensive gifts at Christmas. You can find that story in Matthew chapter 2. I'll simply point out that these high-cost items were well within the budget of the givers. It's not an excuse or a guilt trip to make you give gifts beyond your means. But there is no record in the Bible that the shepherds who came to see baby Jesus brought gifts. They just brought their love and sense of wonder. Sometimes that's enough just to be in awe of the birth of Jesus, the appearing of Christ in your own life. And as far as having enough money the bible is full of stories about people who didn't have enough money to do what they needed to do remember the widow whose sons were going to be taken to pay her debt this is in second kings chapter 4 verses 1 through 7 there was a woman she came to the prophet elisha and said my husband is dead and he was faithful to god but the creditor's going to come take my two sons away to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, Oh my goodness, what am I going to do for you? Tell me this, what do you have in your house? And she said that she only had a jar of oil. He told her to go borrow lots of vessels from her neighbors and get as many as she could, then to go in her house and shut the door and start pouring out from her pot of oil into all these empty vessels and when they're full, set them aside. Well, she kept pouring the oil out, and when all the vessels were full, the oil stopped flowing from her pot of oil. Elisha told her to go and sell all the oil and pay her debt, and then she'd have enough money to live on after that. So here's an example of someone who didn't have enough money to pay a debt, but God met her need. This was not an extravagant demand for an expensive gift. It was a genuine need. And that's an important point to remember in this story. What about Peter, when he needed to pay his taxes but didn't have the money? Jesus told him to go fishing. In other words, to go about his normal routine, doing what he was best at and knew how to do. So, Peter went fishing, and there was a coin in the mouth of the first fish he caught it was just enough to pay the tax for himself and for Jesus too here again god provided a way to meet a genuine need you may feel a genuine need to give gifts at christmas and that's perfectly okay but it's important to remember it's not about how much money you spend jesus measured the value of money by the motive behind it Remember when the poor widow put only two small copper coins in the collection box at the temple? Jesus made a point of explaining she had given more than all the rich folks putting in lots of money. You can read that story in Mark twelve forty-one through 44. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, James, those weren't about Christmas. That's different. So, how do these stories apply to how and what we give at Christmas. It's not about how much money you spend. It's about the motives and the love you feel in your heart. One of the most valuable Christmas gifts I have ever received was a poem about the birth of Jesus written on a paper cutout scene of the Star of Bethlehem over the stable given to me by my very young daughter, She used paper we already had in the house. It cost her time, inspiration, and love. The value didn't have anything to do with the amount of money we had already spent on a few pieces of colored paper. Don't substitute the money in your wallet for the love in your heart. I knew a lady years ago when I lived in Amarillo, Texas. Her husband was a builder. He had a lot of work, but his clients had not paid him for months. The holidays were coming up, and she'd gotten to the point where there was actually no food left in the house for her family of three young boys. She had seen this coming and had been alternating between fretting and praying about this for days. The day before Thanksgiving, she prayed earnestly to know what to do. Okay, I know this is a Thanksgiving story, but the ideas still apply to Christmas. She told me she completely surrendered to God and realized it was His job to take care of her family all year long, not just at Christmas, and not her responsibility. She was absorbed in this prayer when the doorbell rang. Her neighbor had several bags of food and asked my friend if she could use her holiday meal. She'd been called out of town unexpectedly to take care of a relative, and she didn't want the meal to go to waste, since she had to be gone for at least a week or two and didn't know when she'd be able to come home. There was a big turkey, lots of vegetables, and all the extras. Then the neighbor asked her, Could you use a gallon of milk? I just bought it, and it'll go bad before I get back my friend was completely overwhelmed with how God had met her needs. That food lasted her family for more than a week, and by the time they had eaten everything, her husband finally got paid for his construction work. Here's another example of how God does not need money to give you what you need. And you don't need money to receive what God is giving you, or to give something to someone else. It's not about the money. It's about God's love for you, your love for God, and your love for others. Now, let's get back to this idea of giving gifts at Christmas. Why does it have to be something material? Most of us don't need more material things to clutter our lives. Beyond the necessities of life, We need to give and receive fewer material gifts. We need to give and receive more spiritual gifts. Well, what on earth is a spiritual gift? How do you give and receive such a thing? Well, the most obvious spiritual gift is love. Give someone genuine love this Christmas, whether you give them a physical gift or not. How about? appreciation, letting someone know how much you treasure them as a friend, a relative, a church member, business associate, or teacher. What about being of service to someone like raking a neighbor's leaves, or shoveling someone's sidewalk after a big snow, or running errands for someone who can't get out of their house? Maybe just visiting someone who doesn't have anybody to talk to, and actually listening to someone and valuing them, even if you don't agree with everything they say, or being patient with your children or spouse. And of course, there's the joy and gratitude you can give someone to brighten their day. Another friend of mine had a wonderful idea for Christmas gifts. She and her husband decided not to give traditional presents one year. Instead, they thought of all the qualities in each family member that they appreciated. They wrote each quality on a separate slip of paper and then put all the slips of paper for one person in a beautifully hand-decorated box. They made boxes like this for each member of the family. Well, this was not exactly what those family members were expecting to get for Christmas. But, in the long run, it had a real healing effect on some pretty tough family relationships. This Christmas, I encourage you to think about what and how you give. It's really helpful to take an honest look at our motives for why we do what we do. Don't let the commercialism of the season, the expectations of other people, or your sense of obligation. Determine your Christmas giving this year. Let God guide you in whatever you do. And regardless of whether you exchange gifts with your friends and family, and under whatever circumstances, the best and most generous gift you can give is the love of Christ. What would your Christmas be like if you loved everyone with the love of Christ? Jesus told his disciples this is John 13:34 so now I'm giving you a new commandment love each other just as I have loved you you should love each other we're supposed to love each other the way Jesus loved his disciples what will your christmas be like when you love everyone the way Jesus loved his disciples yes even those difficult to love family members and friends what will happen when we love like that and how did jesus love his disciples he makes this clear in john 15:9 he tells them i have loved you even as the father has loved me so we are supposed to love each other the way jesus loved his disciples And he loved his disciples the way the Father loves him, that means we are supposed to love each other the way the Father loves Jesus. Just ponder that for a moment. We're supposed to love each other the way the Father loves Jesus. It sort of seems impossible, right? Can we possibly love each other that way? and this would include loving ourselves since we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, can we love this way? Well, Jesus must have thought we could, or he wouldn't have said it the way he did. I'll ask again. What will your Christmas be like when you love your family, your friends, yourself, and everyone you come in contact with the way God Loves Jesus. Can you think of a better Christmas present to give? Thank you so much for listening today. As always, I truly appreciate you being here. If you found this helpful, please share it with a friend. There might be someone you know who really would appreciate hearing this message. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, I would love to hear from you. Just go to the website, thebiblespeaks to you.com, and click on the contact tab in the menu. Fill out the form, and I'll be in touch. I really look forward to hearing from you. If you haven't subscribed yet to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I'd like to encourage you to go to the website, thebiblespeaks to you.com, and click on the subscribe tab up in the menu bar. And when you subscribe, I'll send you a copy of a little prayer guide I put together called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. As always, I'll have in the show notes for today's episode all the Bible quotes that I mentioned today. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 113. This is episode 113. As Christmas approaches, I hope you experience the presence of Of Christ in your life, in all your activities. It can be a busy time of year. There can be so many demands on us emotionally, spiritually, physically. Please take some time to bear witness to the appearing of Christ in your life and bring that spirit to all your Christmas activities. That's it for today. Thanks again so much for being here. I really appreciate it so much. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless.